Hey everyone, welcome to Yoga Land's Yoga Teacher Companion. I'm your host, Jason Crandall, and I, over the last 25 years of teaching yoga, have taught in thousands of studios, hundreds of cities, and dozens of countries. I've taught in pain management clinics. I have taught on cruise ships. I have taught at a discotheque called Dante's Inferno. I have taught in a maximum security women's prison. I have also taught on Zoom, and of all of those different locations, Zoom is kind of the most idiosyncratic. And we've been all doing this, or most of us have been doing this for quite some time, so you may have figured out some really good, important best practices. But if I have anything, I have like time on the job and experience to provide some insight. So I wanna give you, in my experience, some of the most important tips. And I'm giving these to people in my trainings all the time. Like these questions are coming up all the time. So I know they're not just th things that are happening within my own experience of using Zoom. They're things that are pretty universal as teachers to working with this mechanism. The first tip I have for you is to actually ask your students to turn their cameras on. Now, I'm gonna give you some very polite, easeful ways to do so. And I want to acknowledge that one of the really great things for many people about practicing with you via Zoom is they can do so with anonymity. They can do so without feeling like they're seen or on display. And for many people, that's comforting. So when we ask people to turn their camera on, I think we want to have a carve out. We want to say something as simple as, hey, I completely understand if you do not want to turn your camera on, if you need peace and quiet and to be left alone, you got it, you can keep your camera off. But if you would like to see, if you would like for me to see you practice and give you a little bit more insight, I'd love for you to turn your camera on. Here's the thing everybody is that there are going to be many people that choose not to put their camera on and that's totally fine. But there's also gonna be people that just don't really even think about it. Like, as the teacher in an environment, you're gonna think about more things that pertain to that environment, and you're gonna be more sensitive to the nuances of that environment than most people are. And so a lot of people, they just don't really think about it one way or another, right? They'd be happy to turn their camera on, but it's not on, so they don't care. And the reality is, it's really hard to teach to people that are there that you can't see. It's really, really hard. It like, it bends the mind in odd ways. So for me, I have taught online for 15 years, but the majority of that time online is through recorded contents where I know that there's no one else on the other side. Like right now I'm talking to a camera. I hope you think I'm talking to you but I'm talking to a camera, there's no one else in the room, there's no screen. So it does not feel weird to me because there aren't people here that I can't connect to. But on Zoom, when everyone or the majority of the people have their camera off, that is a really hard thing to teach through. And it is just, it's a complication where I think if you let people know, hey, I would love for you to turn your camera on if you feel good with that. 
If you wanna have your space and you're quiet, go ahead, keep it off, but I'd love for you to turn it on if that works for you. No worries if it doesn't, right? You gotta have a really nice, genuinely open tone about it. My guess is 50% of the people that don't have their camera on will turn it on at that point, and then you, yoga teacher, will feel way less crazy because you'll be connecting to people, which is one of the reasons we do this. Second big thing. Now this is pretty obvious, but I'm gonna break it down a little bit more. Stay on your yoga mat. Now, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because a lot of people that right now are still teaching on Zoom, their Zoom class is part of a hybrid class where there are people in the room, but there are people on the other side of the camera. That is a tough nut to crack. That is, as a teacher, feels pretty unrequited because it's difficult to relate to people in different like time and space moments. So when everyone is behind the camera, that's one thing. When everyone is in the room, that's one thing. But when it's half and half, you kind of don't know where to be. It can be confusing. But if there is a Zoom component, whether it's hybrid or direct, you want to stay on your mat and you either A, want to practice, B, want to not practice, or C, do a combination. Now, let me talk you through really quick the upsides of those. Practicing is really good because it provides people a visual narrative, and most people are visual learners. So yes, it is extremely helpful for many people to see you, and that's the upside of you practicing with the group. But, your safety, your sanctity, your health is more important than anything else. And there are going to be times where it's not time for you to practice. You have a hamstring injury, or you have a shoulder injury, or you're going through something and you're just, you're having a moment and it's not the time for you to practice. There's gonna be other times, honestly everybody, where as a teacher, I just actually want to teach my class. I don't want to do my class too. I want to teach it. One of the things that I love about teaching is it's, it's where I feel most comfortable and confident and happy connecting with people that aren't my family. I'm not the world's most social person outside of my family. So being able to connect is really valuable for me. And I know that's like, I know my class isn't just about me, but I'm the one teaching my class. I'm the one here every single time. So once in a while, I would tell my students, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna practice today. I wanna watch you. I wanna see how you're moving. And I wanna support you with some individualized cues. Boom. When I'm practicing on the mat, yes, the upside of that is you can see me, but the downside is I'm not gonna be very good at seeing you. If I'm not practicing on the mat, but I'm looking at camera, yeah, you can't see me practice, but you know down dog. Most people know down dog. And I might be able to see you in down dog and notice, oh, you know what? I think you can rotate the arm a little bit more this way, or I think you can move a little bit lower into the shoulders, or I think you can move a little further out of the shoulders. So just understand that there is an upside that you can provide to your students in both ways. The final thing, the final combination is you might break it up. Meaning, 
I'll give you an example, right, which is, let's say we're doing some sort of flow and you're practicing on your mat, it's all good, but then you get to a certain pose that you wanna break down a little bit more. Let's just pick bakasana or the, anything that you wanna give like a little bit of workshoppy, workshoppiness, there, that's the new word of the day, workshoppiness. Um, the other day, the word of the day I was making up was levelitude. Anyways, so in this scenario, everybody, you might be doing the whole practice with them. You might even demonstrate bakasana or time or two, but then you might stop and watch. And you might just kind of break down and have, have say, okay, we're gonna do a couple of repetitions of this. You're just gonna do your best. If you need an alternative, here it is. But otherwise, I'm gonna watch. And you might see a student, Sam, like, oh, Sam, you're doing great. I think you can move just a little bit further forward. Okay, Sarah. Take that right hand of yours, step it back a little bit more. So you can kind of chunk it out. I, I want you to feel like you can run the medium. You know what I mean? So what I mean by this is you don't have to just like freeze behind the camera. You don't have to freeze behind the, the screen and be like a yoga teacher robot. You can move in, you can move out, you, you can be as dynamic as you can be, and that I think is a pretty welcome uh, thing. Number three, create community. This is the biggest thing that we are missing, or to me, it's the biggest thing we're missing when we're doing practice on Zoom. Or those of you that practice with me on Glow or other mediums, right? It's just really hard to replicate the feeling of being together in a room, and you guys, I don't even like being in rooms together with people most of the time. But there is something about being in a yoga room or a, a movement context or a meditation context or where we're all doing this thing together and even if that's not socially what we would always choose to be, there's, there's this comfort and support in community. So the thing that I find is a way that we can use Zoom easier than we can use not Zoom, like a live person, um, is to actually let people know, if you feel comfortable with this, your email or your Instagram so they can direct message you, and just say regularly at the beginning or at the end of class, hey, um, if you have any questions about the practices that we're doing, if you have any requests for future practices, send me an email, boom, 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 boom. That is a place where many different people, because not everyone is gonna feel comfortable like raising their hand on Zoom. There's a lot of like social Zoom anxiety because I don't think our brains have completely caught up to this reality. So a lot of people are not gonna feel comfortable raising their hand on Zoom and being like, can we do core today? But if you open that door, hey, message me at blah, 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 let me know what you wanna work on next week, or let me know what was challenging for you recently, and, and uh, we'll work towards that. There's gonna be a lot of people that they reach out that wouldn't otherwise, and it's not the same as being in person, but it is actually a, an easy way to make that connection. I think the last part about creating community a lot comes through with tone and word choice. I don't pretend when I'm practicing on Zoom or recorded content, I don't pretend 
that I'm not doing my yoga practice. And so I literally will say things like, I'm reaching my left arm, my right hand's catching my left arm, I'm taking a little side bend. I can feel some restriction in my left hip, so I'm kind of pressing that left hip laterally. I spend a lot of time giving direct cues to the student base. Lift your right arm, reach through your right ring finger. But when I'm practicing, I also cue by describing what I am doing. And what I find with this, everybody, is it helps, it helps the student know on some subconscious level that you're doing this too, like that you are, that you are flesh and bone, that, that it's a really good communication style. If reaching, if I'm, everybody, I'm pressing my right heel down and lifting the side ribs. If people know that it's a good thing for you to be doing that, like if you, the teacher, are grounding the heel and lifting the front ribs, oh, well, that's clearly a reasonable thing for them to work with doing. So to me, that's a, that's a way to invite people in in a little bit different way. Another quick thing is, this is super quick, use household props. Um, this is probably something you've already adapted to and thought about, but I don't assume people have straps and blankets and yoga blocks and so forth, but I assume they have a stool or I assume they have a chair or if they don't have wall space, and we're gonna do legs up the wall. Hey, if you don't have a wall, sad if you don't have a wall, not necessarily, but if you don't have a wall that you can easily get to, um, just land your back, bend the knees, take the back of the knees and the shins, rest them on the couch. So just, just try to get people to use their space so that, so that their home space actually feels like part of the process. Last two, don't forget to let people know that you, yoga teacher, also offer small group sessions and privates via Zoom. Now, I don't know if you do, so if you don't, don't advertise those things. But online privates are actually really awesome because you have one person and that one person can turn their camera on, you can spotlight them, you can see one person who's spotlighted on their Zoom really well. And this is, a, this is like one of the biggest challenges of teaching privates is the space issue. You either have to have the space for them to come to your house, which can be complicated in all sorts of ways, or you have to take the time to go to their house, which can be time inconvenient and also complicated in all sorts of other ways. Or you have to do it at the studio, and the studio has really limited times. So online privates, everybody, are a really good idea. And all you have to do, you don't even have to like make the hard sale. Literally all you have to do is let people know. Hey everyone, Awesome seeing you today. And also just remember, if you are at all interested, I do private online Zoom sessions. If you have anything in your practice that uh, you want me to help you really focus on and develop, shoot me an email, let me know. I'll let you know what the rates are for that. All right, see you next week. 
no one is gonna take that as a hard sale. People that are interested in that are gonna be like, oh yeah, that would be really nice. I'd really like to have so-and-so, you, the yoga teacher, like have direct eyes. The other thing is people that aren't interested in that, they're not gonna be like, oh my gosh, someone told me that I have the option to do a private session. Just try not, like, I am, a, I am a Midwesterner. The last thing I wanna do is be salesy. That isn't salesy. It's letting people know what the options are. Final thing, my final tip for you everybody is just to surrender to both the opportunities and the imperfections of teaching in this mechanism. I am so happy that I get to communicate with people online, again, long before Zoom, for 15 years. I've been teaching online via Glow and other recorded content means. I am fortunate enough to have students around the world. You're watching this or listening to this on Spotify or YouTube or whatever it is. You wouldn't be hearing this if, if we didn't have this means of communication. So I'm extremely grateful to this. And it's always a little bit Teaching on Zoom, it's always a little bit less perfect than being in the exact same room with everyone at the same time, okay? But it's a very pragmatic and useful thing in a modern era. So I'm really happy that we have it, but try not to get too hung up on the imperfections of it. We're, we're working with a medium and we're all just doing our best. Okay, I hope these things help you, everyone. And if you're interested, remember I teach a ton of trainings. You can go to jasonyoga.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to this channel and to my newsletter if you are interested in those things. All right, take care.